Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. All right, everybody, it is the review that I think not only I hope that you guys have been waiting for, but it's really what we've been looking forward to because you really couldn't review <laughs> Avengers Endgame no. the way you want to unless you could talk about all of it, and that's what we're going to do. Screw these signs back here because we're going to spoil everything. This is a full-on spoiler review, so if you haven't seen Endgame yet, what the hell are you doing listening to this thing? I'm joined by a very, very excited crew and, and knowledgeable crew, and I don't know if there's anyone more knowledgeable than the uh, the the lady I'm sitting, sitting in front of, and that is Perry Nemiroff. Hello, Perry. How are you? Still can't explain time travel. <laughs> no, but I, actually it's funny because someone had said to me that they thought it was it was done not great. I said it's actually done better than most movies. Yeah, and I'll, it, it is. Be, we'll talk about that in a second. Mark Riley is here to talk happy, about it. Happy to be here. And Mister Dennis Zen. Hello, Dennis. Yeah, I'm excited. Saw it twice. I got to sit next to this guy the second time, and I was so excited because I saw every reaction that he had. To yeah, all, I was all the screaming. Big moments. Yeah. yeah, screaming. Well, you know what's so cool? We'll just jump right into it because I had a lot of those reactions too in the first night that I, I've also seen it twice. And the first time I saw it, I was sitting there with Fernandez and we all knew at some point that they were going to mess with time travel. We knew yeah. that some way or another they were going to do it. But when they were standing around inside of Avengers Tower and they, and they talk about it, at one point or another, we've all been around one of the stones. And I was like, right away, it clicked into me. I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, they're going to go jump back into all the movies. We're going to see it. And they did exactly that. But if we start, we start off right away, that opening scene now with Hawkeye and his kids – you knew what was coming, but it didn't make the impact. Uh, it, it really hit, it hit me, especially as dad. But like the way that, that it was shot, the fact that his daughter just disappears, he couldn't see her first, and he looks over. The way that that whole thing was shot by the Russos I thought was brilliant with the, with the sense of the music, the this, this sense of loss. I thought it was done brilliantly. Perry, did you like that moment? I liked everything before the title. I mean, there was, there was that, and then you dig into some other stuff, and then Avengers comes up. And I thought everything right before that was pitched. Perfect, yeah. worked so well. I had a weird reaction to my first screening. I gave it initially an 8.5 mm-hmm. out of 10. It's still a glowing review, but I can't reiterate enough how this movie is just so, so much. You can't walk out of this yeah. movie and be able to immediately take a step back and see the big picture and process everything, or at least I couldn't look at it that way. I had to sit with this stuff and then watching it again, because my biggest criticism the first time around was that first hour. Hmm. It was a lot, and it was slow. And I don't necessarily mean that slow is a 
bad thing. You can have something that's dialogue heavy that plays a little slower than action, but when you say something is slow pacing wise, that's when it becomes a little more problematic. And that's how I felt the first time. It was just so much be like I felt like I was like buried in information and characters and I didn't know which way to look. The second time when I was able to piece it together with everything that comes after it, I'm like, wow. I see the individual scenes and exactly what they mean, and every single line of dialogue has value. Precisely where the comedy is placed is a pitch-perfect use of it. It really came together the second time around. I couldn't agree with you more as in, as far as the second time you watch it, a lot more. You, you take in even more so than the first time because there's a lot coming at you. I never had a problem with the first hour of the movie, though. I I. I the first and second time, I did feel it was a slow pace, and I liked that, and I did like how much we were getting development of all these characters, way more so than even Infinity War and a few of the other movies, the way that they were just kind of moving things along. Um, but I agree that it's, there's just so much to take in that you appreciate it so much more the second mm-hmm. time, and I even think even more the third time, the way that this is put together. But Dennis, moving inside of this movie mm-hmm. and seeing that we know – I don't think a lot of people saw – the way that this thing came to be because the, all the Avengers are reeling from the big loss. Mm-hmm. they got to try to find out how the hell to get Thanos and boom, in comes Captain Marvel. She's like, I'm going to get Thanos. So we're all going together. There's a really funny moment with Rocket when he's just like, hey, who has been to space? Yeah. And it's like half of them raise their hand. And that's just an example of many times that I thought this movie used humor very well. But now, the, the thing that I think shocked a lot of us, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for, for everyone in the room here, but they find Thanos, and Captain Marvel says, he's got no army, he's got nothing, it's just him. Yeah. And they go down there, they find out he's destroyed all the stones, Thor chops his head off, and you're like, oh. where are we going now? <laughs> like, what, what, Were you shocked when that moment happened? Uh, I was very, I was surprised. Uh, I mean, obviously, that was not the end of the movie. They faded to black, and obviously, it was funny, the, just having that five... Years right. later, people were like losing their minds. I never seen like a title card cause so much reaction <laughs> from from people. And you know, it's one of those things where yeah, there's a lot of. I, I loved it the first time I took it. And I think you know, knowing uh, some of the comic book uh, origins uh, of the storyline, and also I remember it's weird because I think the Russos themselves spoiled it in a sense, but. No one really thought about it because they had done it before Infinity War. They were like, oh, it's a heist movie. Right. And then I watched Infinity War. I was like, that's not a heist movie. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. They were talking about Endgame. Right. Endgame was the heist movie. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff to take in, but uh, I-, I was loving every minute of it. And, you know, Riley, the thing is then at that five years later that Dennis says the five years later pops up, we see Cap, who is actually with Joe Russo. As I, love the, I love the Russo. Yeah. Here's the thing. I really like that scene, right? That scene, because it shows you what Cap's been doing and how the world's trying to get with it. And I also thought it was really a cool moment to have uh, the fact that Joe Russo's there. He's, I think, his first like, openly gay character that we see in the, Mar- in the MCU, talking yeah. about the date that he went on. All of that was great. Mm. If you were going to cut a scene, mm. it could have been that, um, if you wanted to. I, I don't think you needed to, but if you were going to cut a scene, because I don't think it necessarily furthered the plot along, because I think you could have still gotten inside a dialogue that what Cap was doing, but I understood the importance of it. I understand yeah. why why it was in there. I'm just saying time-wise, but I didn't have a problem with it. Perry, are you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I think that scene is beautiful. I wouldn't cut a single, a scene, I wouldn't yeah. cut a single thing out of this movie, but one of the things that made me appreciate that scene even more so is working on the ending explain piece that we posted with, uh, with Matt Goldberg, where... He, after we get to the end where you have Cap old and you know the life that he right. lived, that he chose to live, that scene could yeah. maybe give you a sense of the way he lived his life when he's not fighting. Even yeah. if he is good point. Yeah, not, good point. not wearing the suit and operating as Captain America, he's still out there to do good and he's support a good people, human, yeah. but emotionally. That, that was his yeah. character moment. Yeah. That was just a character building moment because, to your point at, at first, like I didn't get the, the slow feel either. I was eating it up. I loved every single moment of the opening because of what we just went through in Infinity War. So to your uh, talking about this scene now, that's Cap. Yeah. You know, that's what that's a callback to Winter Soldier where he was going and helping yeah. you know, people and, and meets Falcon, you know, in these He's always there groups. for support. He's there yeah. for support yeah. because he can't do anything else. So he's got to help. And that's what I love about Cap and love about that scene. And I like the edge that Cap, Cap had in this one, too. Was he's a, even even when we got to the actual because was like almost like a double credits. There's the one with when yeah. we get to the logo with Jeremy Renner. And then it's right as Cap says, let's go get this son of a bitch. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, boom, he like kicks right into it. But 
as we get back into the five-year plan there, then we get into Cap coming back and, again, trying to lend his support because I really dug that moment because I think it made sense and it was a good way to take Captain Marvel out of the equation because if Captain Marvel is there for the entire time, it's like – all that power, they could have just figured this thing out a little quicker. She could have gone back with them, done some stuff. And by taking her out of the equation and putting her on, which I thought was really smart the way they did it, there's other planets that are dealing with the same thing that you guys are here and I need to help. Yeah. So it also made her return so much more impactful when she came back. So I thought that was a good moment, but it also led up to that part where uh, you know Black Widow's then talking to, to Rhodey about Clint and saying yeah. – Help and and I it sets up everything so beautifully that we finally get into in the relationship they had the tears in her eyes. I thought Scarlett Johansson has not been talked about enough. I thought she played. So I think she's great in this movie. She's that's, fantastic. That scene in particular where she's sitting and having that yeah, conversation with eyes, with, yeah. uh, with like War Machine and uh, Denai Guerrero and all of them. That scene in particular was freaking phenomenal. The line that. I mean, absolutely crushed me on the second go around is when they're all getting to do, uh, getting ready to do the jump, and she turns and she says, "See you in a minute." Right, mm. right. Yeah, oh. it got me a second time too, for sure. Oh. Yeah, because you don't know what's, when that you know hurts. it's coming. Yeah, it really hurt. Yeah, it's true. And you know, then like I said, when when Cap comes back in, then as to where he even has that line to where he's like, "I saw a couple of whales coming in too." He's <laughs> like, "It's it's cleaning out." She's like, "If you're saying think of the positive, I'm going to hit you in the head with this sandwich." Mm-hmm. And he's like. You know, force of habit. Yeah. Good moment between them again, having that conversation to try to figure out exactly what's going on. And then Lang. And that's someone said to me this morning. They asked me if if they needed to see Captain Marvel in order to enjoy this movie. And I said, no, you don't have to see. It it doesn't hurt your viewing if you don't. I said, you should see it. But it doesn't hurt your viewing experience on this one. You won't lose anything. If you want to know how powerful she is or how powerful she becomes or why she's that powerful, go back and watch this. But Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, is crucial yeah. to this movie. You ha- I think you really should see that for the ending because yes. of everything Scott Lang does. Yeah, that post credit scene. It's it's funny how vital that is to this story. Right, line. the rules. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I like the, the whole first hour because they're dealing with the aftermath of what happened in right. Infinity War. We, we don't need to... And I, I know a lot of people who, you know, overseas have... Uh, I guess by the time this comes out, too, a lot of other people have seen it. Some people's complaints of, of like, the pacing versus Infinity War. Infinity War was different. It was... It was there were, like, different groups of people everywhere where this was, like, the original Avengers plus, you know, a few extra ones coming together to do one thing. They had one goal and they were going for it. Right. And so, and, and just to have that kind of breathing space, because you really, I think some people are right, where watching Infinity War and Endgame together as a whole six hour yeah. movie makes more sense. I did yeah. so too. And, and, and to leap over, we leapt over something, or I did, um, that's really, the, I think the whole backbone of this movie is everything that Tony Stark was going on in the beginning. The way that they, Made him super skinny, and the fact oh, that he's yeah. kind of rotting in Talk space. About another great performance. His his meltdown moment is crushing. It, it's yeah. great. It's it's a standout. My my standouts are him, Karen. I always get her name wrong. Karen Gillan. She's great. Yeah. She, and I never liked her as an episode ever. <laughs> and I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. Um, but Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. has been playing this character since the first Iron Man, way back when. Uh, continues to have a lock on who this guy is, and it's because of him and Nebula and all that stuff. And he's and it's and, and I knew they obviously weren't because I've seen the trailers and the previews of, of him coming back. But there was that moment where he was just done on the floor, and she picks him up and puts him in the seat. And you're like, what are they going to do here? Like, yeah. are they going to is they going to Jarvis him now? And I was like, no. Well, how's he going to get out? And then the bright light comes. Captain Marvel saves him. But it's it's because he's so shut down in that meltdown that mm-hmm. you're talking about with with Cap. And when he brings back the stuff from from Ultron. And, and Civil War, excuse me, when he brings back the stuff from, from Civil War, and he starts talking. And Ultron. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he, he talks he, about event, wanting right. that, okay. that protection of, of Earth. Right. Yeah. And he's like, he didn't work out then. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he was, we're supposed to do all this together. And it sets up his overall arc. That was what I liked about this movie the most. Every character had an arc yeah. that paid off. Mm-hmm. And the writing was really well done. It was set up. It was a great series finale. And that, and I think Tony had, had part of that because that's five years. He takes off. And when we find him again, he's got the kid. And this is when I started when, – when he shows up with the kid, I'm like, oh, man, this time travel stuff, they're going to make him lose his kid? I'm like, oh, man, if he goes back – because I was in the Back to the Future rules before they, <laughs> before they started going to the quantum physics. But did you, were you kind of feeling the same way when you saw the kid, how they were going to deal with that? Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't – it made sense that Tony Stark would not allow that to happen because he was like, no, no, no. And he kept reiterating, like, we're not changing anything. 
All we're doing is bringing them back. That's it. Right. And, and I like that, you know, they poked fun at Back to the Future and a bunch of other uh, uh, science fiction movies oh, dealing like with Bill time travel. Yeah. They yeah. even Everything. brought up Hot Tub Time Machine. That was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Who were the creators of uh, Cobra Kai? Yeah, there it was. Yeah. But, you know, the, the thing is, and this we talked about, the time travel rules, right? And someone said to me afterwards, like, you know, the time travel rules were all out of, out of whack. Ish. I didn't but, see it. But honestly... It, depending on how you've re- – I've read so much about time travel. I'm obsessed with mm. it, right? But what they said, what, what Mark Ruffalo tells him is what most physicists say. Mm. And that is that if you go – like you can go if – you, if you were able to go back in time, you wouldn't change today's time. Mm. It's a different strand of time. Mm. And you would change that particular timeline but not your own. And they made that clear inside of that one conversation when they were all getting ready. And then they led into that beautiful comedy moment with the hot tub time machines of the roadie. And, and it was great because I thought that Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, was a, was the same consistent character that he has been, but was used in a way you know my problems with Guardians too, and I think that this was the perfect example of when you have jokes in the right moment when the character that should be saying it said it, mm-hmm. and that's what I like the most about that and the use of time travel. The taco moment. The taco oh, so moment. Good. That was so <laughs> the perfect. The taco moment was one of my favorite. So um, the Hulk when he gave him the, yeah. the yeah. Not to harp on the pacing thing, but it's uh, something came to mind as Dennis was kind of explaining his thoughts on it. I feel like part of the pacing isn't even necessarily the fact that the story isn't crafted well enough to serve the pacing of the beginning of the movie well. I think it's more of the feeling, or at least this is what I experienced the first time, just being like, feeling the weight of so much. Yeah. Feeling feeling exhausted I guess yeah, and yeah. I think that's where that came in more so than anything and then the second time around you kind of get to take that step back and see the big picture and see in particular because I'm not even harping on some of the time travel inconsistencies because yes if I wanted to come up with certain questions as to how they ended up where they did without screwing something up that then changed the future what about the butterfly effect all but, that no, but, stuff but, I could come up with questions all no, day long no but that's my point you couldn't for that because that's not the same time strain. And that's what they said. They, it's completely different. It's completely a different time strain. That's, I would that's love what he, to see someone kind of draw it all out with the potential other strains that did wind up happening. Oh, because, but, that's, but the whole thing, then that's what's going to lead into that Disney Plus. Because that reality, yes. that reality that they screwed with, right? And then Loki grabbed the thing and took yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. reality is probably going to be played with yeah, in Plus. Yeah, where Loki's still alive. That's a big I, question that because, I think will be because answered Because nothing later. that they, 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 there's not one thing that they could have done that would have messed up anything that, that in that, that, that timeline that we've all been accustomed that's why to. They can't bring anyone back. Right. They can't. The, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, is it's gone. It's, they can't bring her back. She died Gamora, in that time. Gamora, she, right. the one they know, is gone. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Gamora. That's going to be very interesting for Guardians Volume Three. Gamora is now going to have to get to know Peter Quill again. again right. Which yeah. is fascinating. Although he's searching for her again, right? So is, yeah. is, is that because that that particular Gamora took off? Yes, is that what happened? That's, that's what well, because some people I, I talked to Roka. Roka thinks that. That Gamora got dusted. I don't think so. I think Tony knew that she was she had switched sides and yeah. didn't dust her, but she took off, and that's what Guardians Three is about. Yeah. Um, so I mean, lots of things with Guardians Three because right. of the end as well with Thor. So but that's well, so let's awesome. talk. We'll talk about two big. The yeah. big my big things when I first saw the movie was I didn't know there were two things that I actually wound up liking a lot more the second time I saw it. I didn't know how I felt about both talking Hulk like regular talking Hulk. Like functioning Hulk Ugh. and and Thor and fat drunk Thor, mm-hmm. I didn't, which apparently was a was an arc from the comics that I didn't know about. But I found out very similar to what you were just talking about, Perry. To where as you go back a second time, how, why it worked, how important it was, and and I actually missed a little bit of the reasoning behind what Mark Ruffalo said. The reason why he did this when they're at the diner, which that scene with the selfies, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Come on, he wants to take a picture. You know, yeah. does. he does. Oh, come yeah, on, you know, ah, right. uh, uh, I made me. It felt so real too, just like that. Oh, just it was so good. great. But when Ruffalo and I missed a little bit of it too, he announced why he did it. He said, "I figured out how to do it." I kept trying to think that, kept thinking the Hulk was like this disease. But, you know, he, he wasn't. I wanted to treat it like there was – it was good. So I, com- I figured out yeah. a way to combine the both of it. And he almost became Beast from X-Men is really yeah, what it was. Yeah, but it's a line from the comics. You yeah. know, he did, he did figure out how to merge the two. You know, there's offshoots of Hulk. You know, he became Red Hulk, but Gray Hulk, all these different things. But he managed to pull out Hulk and Banner and put them together and, and have that. And that's what I love too. This is a big point that I think the Roosters were doing. 
subverting our expectations. All the posters, everything is just Ruffalo. Right. And you didn't get Hulk. You didn't once see Ruffalo himself. He was yeah, motion captured. You, the, you saw once Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Strange, except when he gets, one, yeah. Yes. But that's what I love because it worked for me pitch perfectly that when he is Hulk – and he starts. T- it just. It just. Yeah, felt it, it, perfect. yeah it's pulled from uh, the Peter David storyline in the right. comic books, where he, they don't talk about this at all in the MCU. But there's actually a Gray Hulk. It's a Gray Hulk, right. the Green Hulk that we know, and then Bruce Banner, and he merges all three of them together and uh, getting the best attributes of all three of them in the comic book storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good that he was able to use that because it, 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 the other thing that it did was got a lot of good comedic moments because oh. when they go back to the Battle of New York and he's just like, he t- takes his shirt off and just smashing the car. Yeah, yeah. He throws like a bench. Because <laughs> he's not angry. He's not, he's not angry. No, he doesn't. And, and, but that leads to the Ancient One conversation, which I thought played very well into the storyline. Perry, how'd you feel about that scene? That was one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. And again, going back to the time travel thing, even though I do have certain questions that I still can't wrap my head around, I think as far as the broad strokes go, they explain it well enough. And a lot of that comes from that particular scene where they set out just enough rules. That scene explains that Loki is going to go make a Disney Plus show, basically. Right. And mm-hmm. also, just speaking about the character arcs, that's part of the reason why I feel no desire whatsoever to sit here and analyze the time travels. Because is it really about that? No. It's about our main heroes right. and the journeys they go on and how they change. And speaking about how Hulk has changed, this is like the culmination of everything he's experienced with the back and forth in the MCU. And the Thor stuff, too. I thought the Thor stuff was so was well beautiful. done. It worked for me the very first time, this idea of seeing some, you know, somewhat indestructible god who I always thought, like, would look perfect like that forever. And how, and how, like, this level of loss and this feeling of, like, regret and that he possibly made a devastating mistake, how that could weigh on him and the way they worked in his mother is hands down one of my favorite cameos in the entire movie, the line that she says to him where she says, it's something that (laughs) one, it's something to the effect of Oh, I, I semi wrote some of it down, but it's it's something like you're not like you're always gonna fail if yeah. you're trying to be who you're supposed right. to be. Like the measure of a hero is whether or not you can be who who you want to be. Yeah, I'm it's like if you get up, yeah. if, if you but fail, that's right. that's what happens. And you, and you like and you were a big fan of that part too. I was a huge fan of this. Thor has become one of my favorite characters in the MCU, and that's Chris Hemsworth. That's the writing they do. That that really started with. Ragnarok and then was cemented with Infinity War. But to to if anybody deserves to go on a drinking bender, it's Thor. Right. Thor fought for his people, loses Asgard, loses yeah. then loses in Infinity brother, War, loses father, his brother, mother. loses his he's Ever, lost yeah. everything. And what does Thor do? I then am going to have revenge. It's pure Thor. I'm going to kill Thanos. And then when he failed, he goes even deeper into that. And then when there's still hope, they go. They get the gauntlet. They find out the the things are smashed. The the Infinity Stones are gone, and he cuts off his head. That was dark, yeah. But it was ca- in character for me, and so to, to see him go down that that rabbit hole of despair, and that it's his mother that brings him back, and he has that moment. I it just was and got and, and and it's all of that stuff that eventually, where again, when I saw it the second time, that I really embraced it and loved it because I and and I would wrongly. The first time I saw it, it almost felt the same way I did when when Luke grabbed the lightsaber and threw it over his shoulder. I'm like, oh, they're just going for a gag, and it wasn't a gag. It was they they went for the gag. Obviously, they knew where they were going to get the laugh with the, the big gag, fat bellies. Right. Um, and I thought, like, oh, this is too much for them being big, fat, and bloated. And then I'm like, well, no. And then basically everything you just said because of the loss and and what else is he going to do? You know, at this point, there's no. He gave everything. But that scene with him and Cor- Cork, right? And Cork and Meek. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my God. Everyone's oh, having them back. Click into the Wi Fi. That line really quickly is everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is how they succeed at being who they are. Yeah. And oh, that that's basically it's encompasses what yeah. Thor's transformation in this movie was. And speaking, and not to jump back too far off of that, because I think that leading up to that as well was, uh, was his relationship with Rocket, which ultimately pays off at the very end, where it looks like Thor's going to be. Joining the, the Asgardians of the galaxy. <laughs> I've been banging that drum ever yeah. since Rocket, Groot, and, and Thor land in the middle of Wakanda during the battle and, tie, and turn the tides. Yeah. I'm like, I need a Thor, Rocket, Groot, and the, and the Guardians movie. That is 
I can't wait. But what that does now is it takes it basically makes a sequel of Ragnarok, puts it with a sequel of Guardians, and it gets someone like me who's not a big Guardians fan. I'm way more excited for Guardians three now than I than I've ever been for those movies. Yeah, um, and, and the first movie I think is really good, um, but. I think that it's it, it, you got to add something new to it. But by, by adding Thor, like that scene at the end when he's just like, yeah. "I'm in charge." Uh, you are. Wait, I am right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Whatever he says to him, you are. But but it's, his delivery, Chris Hemsworth comedy, has just gotten so much better over the years. He's been good at it, but he's like becoming a master at it. Yeah. His, the, his comedic moments were fantastic. But that Korg scene, though, Dennis, when yeah, click into the Wi-Fi, thanks. <laughs> you want to the Wi-Fi? Yeah, so good in that scene, man. So I, I love, I loved all that. But I think that as you keep now, now really the heart of this thing is them getting all the stones, being able to do this, um, the, the fun moments of go ahead, Mary. getting to the stones. The only thing that didn't work for me the first time around that still was kind of drilled in my head the second time is Tony figuring out time travel. I agree. I think yeah. I just I needed. I mean, we obviously don't want to make an hour long movie about how he puts the pieces together <laughs> with all of his models, but even just maybe having a couple more minutes of seeing a couple models fail yeah. and then him figuring it out. I think I just I might have need that. I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, that was my issue with uh, well, one of my many issues with Iron Man two when uh, Don Cheadle uh, Rody figures out how to to use the suit like suit. like that when we spent half of Iron Man yeah. one. Well, even Jeff Bridges to, at the end yeah. figures out. Like everyone just it. hops yeah. in, they're like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, no, I agree. There was that, and there's another moment too that we'll talk about. Um, that what was it? there was something. There was two other moments you, you and I talked about. There was just too easy. Oh, it was the Gamora. It was the Gamora thing. Like so, Gamora. I think I changed my tune on Gamora. The second by the time, way. yes, yeah. I I didn't because at Gamora Gamora at the at the end of the movie as she's with Nebula and she's just like, so wait a minute, what happens to us later on? And she's like, well, I try to kill you a couple mm-hmm. times, then we could become friends. All right, and she shakes <laughs> her head. You know why it worked for me is because that's who Gamora was. In, it took her a while to get there, though, in the first she, Guardian. She always – I felt at least – and this is what I read from from the movies – is that she was always trying to be a sister to um, Nebula. Yeah. But it was Nebula who was pushing back. So then when Gamora hears it from Nebula, it's pretty easy for her to be, to piece that together and go, you're right. Because she's always felt that way. At least that's how I yeah. read it. Yeah. There's that and also the reality of the information she's given. I was really upset the first time around because I felt like Gamora switching teams so quickly right. completely undermined the relationship that she establishes with Peter Quill right. in the first Guardians and even the second Guardians. And that's how I that felt. Matter. What changed your mind? What changed my mind is is basically seeing it again and kind of putting all the pieces together. This isn't just about, you know, Nebula sticking out her hand and saying, let's be friends. It's also the reality of what that Nebula showed her, the right. reality of what Thanos' snap is going to do to the world. Because she has a couple of lines in that moment that says, like, what happens? Like, like what, what did you do? Well, right. and also she, you know, to Gamora again, she knows what Thanos is capable of. That's where the Infinity War flashback to, to him wiping out her home world and taking in Gamora, I feel like it was all of that with her that she knew what Thanos was capable of deep, deep down. She knows he's probably not a good guy. Right. I, and, but, and is, but this is her lot in life. And so – and then with the stuff with, with Nebula, I think it re- actually really worked for me. Okay. That, that was a moment where I was like, yeah. Yeah. See, those are my only two moments that I, that I had other than that. I, like I said, I thought the movie just really worked well. And going inside of all the little missions that they had, I thought that that's where Gosh, Nebula so stuff, besides that one moment, it's, I thought it was very well played that both consciousnesses shared one another. And that's how Thanos, that's how they were able to bring Thanos into it. So shocking. I, I it was, loved it. It was great. And the other thing was that it just became so devastating because Thanos, the Thanos that they were fighting the second time around here, this 2014 Thanos, that is a dangerous Thanos because he he's not – the Thanos that we saw in Infinity War, yes, he was dangerous, but he was so kind of almost serene and just was there to get – he wasn't this kind of uh, annihilation guy that we saw at the end of the first Avengers in that post credit scene. And you saw that just all about death, right? This was a guy – in two, the 2017 one was – excuse me, the, two, the Infinity War one was I have my mission. 
I'm going to snap my fingers. Everyone will be, will thank me basically for it, the half that survives, and then I'm going to live on a farm. And that's ultimately what he did. The other one was looking for those stones and hadn't learned all that stuff too. So he was ready to wreck shop. Yeah. And that's who they got and that's who they pissed off and that's who they – I found the stones. I'm inevitable. That guy was scary. He, he was even scarier than the Infinity War uh, Thanos I thought. Yeah, I agree with that and especially his bloodthirst and like you see it at the end. It really pays off because he's like, OK, I am going to wreck this world yeah. now. And I'm going to it's, enjoy it. Is personal it. Now. And now yeah. it's personal, and that you don't want because then you get that whole setup, yeah. you know, of his armies and everything, and everybody's back. And I'm like, oh, and I thought I had the same thought, Christian. I was like, this is this is 2014. He's dangerous, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! See, and you in saw the ex- in the escalation of his plan too. It was just about like a random snap that obliterated half of uh, half of the galaxy, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, no I'm, I'm going to get rid of right. everything. Because I see that didn't work, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Right. I'm going to start it again. Yeah, and he and he was vicious because then when he goes into the fight with Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. He looked good, and he like, and that was some of my favorite action choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh god damn it, what happens? Josh now? Brolin nails it, man. So the, the, his his portrayal of Thanos is easily he's my down. favorite. He's the best villain of all time. Yeah. But another thing that I don't want to skate over is the Alan Silvestri score for for both of these movies, Thank Infinity you. War and Endgame. Thanos' theme, I can feel it. It's it's not even just hear it; I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it is such a great. Score for him. I love the main theme; it's my favorite. But mm. Thanos' theme is my second favorite out of all. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's just it went. Watch when you watch it again. Pay attention to that particular. Yeah. Every time Thanos comes on and what he does, it is as much of a part of the scene as anything else because it just gives you that feel of menace. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that feel of just you know it, it, all all hope is lost. And yeah, go ahead, Ryan. No, I've been listening um, endlessly now, leading into Endgame, the uh, Sylvester score from Infinity War. Yeah. And because I, I, I know it so well now, I could, I'm picking up on this stuff and I can see his themes not only repeating, but evolving and becoming right. even more. And I picked up on the Thanos stuff, but the, the thematic, um, the Avengers theme, this is one of his best scores. I think so too. And I hope he's nominated for an Oscar for this. I hope so. he is really deserving of it. You know, blending back into um, the, the the quest to find all the stones, because I know that, again, this is going to be a longer review because it's just so much to cover, you know. Um, the the stuff, I think the one of the shocking moments, everybody said, you said, ah, either Cap's going to die or Tony's going to die. That was... Who saw Black Widow coming? No, nope. right? didn't when, see it. Now, when they went to that mountain and they're fighting each other up top there to figure out who's going to go, you you kind of had to assume that that point where they were setting it up, oh, Black Widow's going to go because it's been, they've been setting this up to where she really is there to protect him. She's been there to be supportive of him, and she knows that he wants to be with his family. And it's ultimately one of the reasons her arc was great. We Her mission was she's got to find a way. One way or another, and she and her purpose was fulfilled there, and the Red Skull comes back. But did you like that moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, originally with Hawkeye, we were thinking, oh, he's going to die. First of all, he wasn't even in Infinity War. We thought if he was part of that, he would die there. Right. They did the fake out with him in Civil War, right? Uh, was it Civil War? No, no, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Right. Where, like, yeah. you thought he was going to die because anytime they show you someone's family, it's yeah, like, okay, right. they're just going to torture you with that. Right. Um, so I, I, I like the choice. I, I like the sacrifice because we know that those two characters have that connection starting from the first Avengers yep. movie. Yeah. Um, Perry? That scene was just beautifully constructed and so well acted, too. I think that's a big part of it is laying down the laws that we already know exist, the right. inevitability of it all, having the two of them have that conversation. And then that fight choreography was freaking spot it was cool. on. Yeah. It worked so well, and it kept me guessing until the very, very end. And then a major uh, applause for Jeremy Renner because part of the reason why it seals the deal so strongly at the end it was is because then yeah. you get that moment with him after it's a great way to cap off the two of them as individuals, their personal character journeys, especially with her, what she's been through. But so much of the movie and so much of previous movies, when we do get Black Widow and Hawkeye in the spotlight, it's about what their connection to each other means and their support of each other means. And I feel like having the two of them, of all people, go to Vormir and go through that, that was a brilliant choice. Yeah, I, I was in shock. Yeah. And I, I, it landed me in, on me in such a way that I didn't like it at first. Where I was like, nah, they really, I, 
and it was because I couldn't believe it. There was something in my mind going, there's going to be more surprises here. We have time stones. We have time travel. All this stuff is happening right now. She's probably not dead. And it really then hit me at the end where we had all the women yeah. come together and wreck shop. Yeah. And she wasn't there. And I went, wait. And I know they told me. They, they said it. It was like I was literally – so invested in her character that it really – I flash back to all the movies. I got sad. I got mad. I got angry and I can't wait to – I only seen it once. I can't wait to watch it again knowing what I know because it was beautifully staged choreography, the dialogue and what made sense. It was Clint at the end that had the stone. Yeah. One of the great things about that moment and how Black Widow's absence impacts it is mm. – you know, technically, she's the first female superhero in the MCU. She set the example yeah. for all of those ladies who rush in. I know Captain Marvel was around before, but she wasn't present on Earth. She set the example that brought them all together. And yeah. I liked I liked having her included in that moment in that kind of way. Yeah. And it also it was these little subtle things that they did, too. Because, you know, the, the first time we ever saw her was on Iron Man 2. And, and that little nod that she does as they're trying to convince Tony the first time before he, he figures out time travel by just... Saying, oh, look at us. Uh, <laughs> there's like that little nod and that understanding of, oh, that's right, that relationship. There's little things that they did there. And I thought the stuff that they tied in with Pepper Potts was nice too. But Tony had a really nice moment, I think, with his dad. And oh. I loved that moment so much because it's, it's, we know the struggle that Tony has had with the loss of his parents and the fact that he got a chance to talk to Howard Stark and the really nice moments. And there was a little subtle thing. That, that Tony did that I think a lot of people picked up on, but it's still it was just so nice in the delivery that I think that you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. should get some a lot of credit for is when he's on the elevator with his dad and he just kind of blurts out he goes I have a daughter mm-hmm. like you can tell he's like I want to tell my dad that he's got a grand he's got a he's got a granddaughter you know mm-hmm. he's like, I, w- I want to tell him and he and he doesn't know he's like I've got a daughter and it's so weird because he looks so much older than his dad yes. mm-hmm. you know and there's these these moments that he's got and and they have this moment they have the conversation and they didn't make it and I'm so glad they didn't they, I was worried they were going to go down this path to where you know there's a woman's like oh there's two of them and we and then this is chase on between the two I'm trying to find them and then then his dad goes after his case I was like please don't do yeah. that it was just a subtle conversation the nice moment with Michael Douglas also oh, I love but that yeah. all that stuff the base stuff kind of worked for me. So yeah. much of this movie is about family, really, yeah. whether you're talking about the Avengers team coming together or their individual families. And that's, I think that's part of the reason why the MCU has such a big place in my heart. Again, this is something that I was working on with Matt Goldberg for that explainer. This is a movie that really respects and honors and rewards good behavior and right. loyalty and making the right decision. And I feel like that's a big part of the reason why most MCU movies, whether they end with a happy ending where everybody wins or not, there is something about these movies that sends me out the door wanting to be a better person for everybody around me. That Captain America moment in the elevator. Everyone oh, was hell yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone was cheering. That, and I love what they did there. Um, not only the, the comic book, right? to win, The comic yeah. book. Yeah. The fact that he leans in and says, Hail Hydra. People lost their minds when they saw a comic, in the comic book with Captain America, yeah. Yes, and, and you know, because Julie was with me and um, she leans over and goes, what, what, like, she didn't understand. I said, I have to tell you afterwards. And so yeah. to go into the comic book history that he was a Hydra agent and to make that little subtle nod there but also how it affects the story, right. how it perfectly encompasses the story and pays off Winter Soldier, pays off this. And they set that up nicely, though, so, so nice. where you wouldn't lose other people, though, because in, in New York, when Ant-Man's on Tony's shoulder and he goes, he's like, well, those guys are the good guys. Well, they're, well, they're Hydra, but we didn't know it yet. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. those guys just look like bad guys. <laughs> and, like, and, and all that. And then it lands into that scene with Cap, which I agree is great. And then the stuff with... Then the Hulk we, and the stairs. That was so good. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, I was, at first, I was confused confused by it because and, and I forget who pointed it out to me. I think it was actually Jared Havon who pointed it out to me. But I, I said because I thought that Thor Ragnarok was when they first established where Hulk could really talk. Mm-hmm. So when he's like stairs, no stairs, I'm like yeah. I'm, then I remember then Jared said, No, 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 remember yeah. he says puny, puny God. God. Yeah. He can still talk. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's right. So that that, that was such a minor gripe. But so that's kind of takes care of everything that we get and obviously you have uh Nebula who maneuvers her way the bad nebula maneuvers her way into it comes back and then we get the the scene when tony makes the glove they put everything together and the hulk is the one who does it because i lo- and that goes back to what you were saying before with thor yeah. it was the second time that i saw the movie that everything the way you explained thor and the arc that he went through it really came to be for me because he's so desperate 
he's so desperate, and he says to Tony, he's like, let me just do something. Let mm-hmm. me do something. He's like, he's like, you just, you're just not ready for this right mm-hmm. now, man. He's like, you're not, you're in no shape to do this. And then they set it up for you. And 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 Hulk says, I'm the only one that can do this. If any one of you does it, it will kill you. Mm-hmm. And they set it up right there. But he snaps his fingers, and he fries himself. The Hulk fries himself. Even up here. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, what the hell just happened? Because, and we find out the reason why he really got fried is he tried to go all the way back and try. He tried to get. Uh, he tried to get Black Widow back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's like. And you, I think you said this too. The rules of what the snap and how the snap really works is not. It was well, not. I'm, I am curious to know what non comic book readers think of that because you guys know I am not one myself and my understanding of the snap as it was presented in Infinity War, unless there's a tiny detail that I miss and I'll spot on a revisit now that I've experienced Endgame, is strictly that when the snap happens, it obliterates half the universe at random. I did not know that a character could snap their fingers and control specifically who's wiped out. Mm. Right. Because I think. So that necessarily wasn't explained through. The one thing that I think we got into conversation about a little bit, it's like, you know, well, why doesn't Thanos just take out his enemies? And I don't think that was his, necessarily his mm-hmm. goal was to do that. His goal wasn't about enemies. It was just about to balance. level. It was balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's explained. Um, but we got to kind of wrap it up in a little bit here. So what we'll, we'll get to, we can't pass over the biggest moment in the movie. The, the fight happens. They, the, the fact that, that Thanos comes in, blows up everybody. That's, you see Avengers Tower go down. Uh, the scene with Ant-Man, where he kind of sets up and saves everybody. But then the battle happens. The one you mentioned before with Thanos, Thor, and, and Iron on. Man. And Cap getting Thor's hammer. That, that, that was cool. That was probably the loudest moment in the theater. Yeah. I, that's like, when I was screaming. Yes. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And that yeah. was set up in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Remember when he was like, he almost lifted yes, it because right. then cuts to Thor and Thor goes, I knew it. It's another I, example of perfectly timed comedic beats. Yes. Too. Yeah. 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 And, and the way they shot it, too. I mean, you had, they already established, you know, everyone nuts when Thor had Stormbreaker and Mjolnir or however you pronounce you it. Know. Yeah. And, yeah, and then he's fighting with it. And then later he's getting beat up with Stormbreaker and you see it. They cut to a close up of it moving. So you're thinking, oh, maybe it's just going to fly into Thor's. Right. Hand, but really, it goes. Yeah, yeah, because you also want you want to make sure because they've established it. You got to be worthy of it. Yeah, yeah. And who's more worthy than Captain America? For God's yeah. sakes, right? Yeah. And it was also set up a, another funny moment where he's just like, "Now you take the little yeah. one." Yeah. And he gives him, but but the way that he used it, and the way that he was, because it just shows how powerful Thanos was, even without the 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 gauntlet. Yeah. He but was, did you also notice how you know Thanos took out? Cap shield, like half of it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. in the, that design yeah. of Tony's vision and Ultron that, you know, there it was laying there in half and that's what it came out to be. Yeah. So it it's sets a, up the everything. return so beautifully because yeah. it's like you have that moment where Cap's seemingly indestructible shield is done for and then you have that shot of him just standing there yeah. facing yeah. all of Thanos' army and it's like even though we, we were hinted at that Hulk snap worked and it brought everyone back, even in that moment I'm like there's no hope what's going to happen mm-hmm. and all all of a sudden, they step back in. It and was the, so good. The choice in particular Sam. to have the first, not not Sam, the first ones back were uh, Black Panther, Black Panther. Well, no, but, 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 and but it was Sam. But Sam was the Sam's first on one. Right. That was you, to me. That was you the, hear. I think I'm just talking more from like a visual, visual. perspective. But I thought that was great. But to, there was something about seeing them step of through back into yeah, yeah, the yeah. world that was so chill inducing. But to it was me. so quiet. It was so quiet to where it just because in the way that they shot it. And I tried. And I the second time it was. Cap, and then you don't know who it is at first. Yeah, he's like, Cap, yeah, yeah. it's Sam. And then the crowd loses it, and he's like, on your left. And then Black Panther steps, and then you just lose it because then it's like, even Thanos is like, okay, now I'm in for a fight. Yeah. And again, we're we're running out of time here, but to kind of fast forward through all of it, the, the battle happens. One of the main moments that really stands out to me is when Spider-Man comes back and that embrace that Tony gives him. Which ultimately leads to what we have to talk about. We're going to miss we some stuff to. here, guys. So, uh, but the one we can't miss is the way that they, you know, took Tony Stark out. Yeah. And Tony had said to Doctor Strange, he's like, "You told me about this one in a million chance, or whatever it was." He's like, "He's like, is this it?" He's like, "If I tell you, it's not going to happen." Mm-hmm. So then the battle continues. Thanos is there. Tony knows what he needs to do after Captain Marvel almost gets him out, but then he gets whacked in the in the noggin by the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. And Tony says he looks over and Doctor Strange shows him the one. Yeah, and says yeah. that's it. And he puts it on there because the glove fits to him because his technology. And he's like, I'm an, I'm inevitable. I'm, I'm Iron, Iron Man. Man. That bah. was the most powerful moment in the movie for yeah. me. I cried. Yeah. I because of I am Iron Man in the snap. 
that's 2008. That's where it all started. And it just – there was this beautiful poetry to it for me that it just worked so well. And it made me – and we did all these videos like who's going to die? It's Cap. It's Cap. It's Cap. It's Cap. Iron Man. Iron Man. How – and we'll get to Cap a little bit when we wrap this up. But Cap, beautiful ending for him that he is no longer Iron, uh, Captain America. But Tony Stark, it just made perfect sense for how the MCU started that he would be the one to go. Yeah, but Perry, you know, the thing is that got me that I knew it was real like right away because when it happened – it's just the way that they they shot him. Like yeah. he looked decayed. He looked mm-hmm. dead. And this is performance too. Yeah, it's it's his yeah. performance. It's, performance. it's the the perfectly timed you know reentry in that moment of Peter Parker. The shared moment yep. they have. The shared moment he has with Pepper Potts. It's like immediately in that moment you see. Tony Stark's past relationships and his future relationships and his influence on the entire team of Avengers all in one scene while he's withering away. And it's really, it's absolutely crushing. I think the deaths in this movie were handled so beautifully where it's not just about, oh, who's going to die and ticking a box. They all really meant something for the MCU overall and for individuals. But I don't want to not talk about that A-Force shot because I know we touched on it briefly before, but that, that was the shot that I was mentioning in my tweet I I was bowled over when Which that shot? happened. With when all, all the, the ladies, ladies come oh, yes, together. Yes, 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 I, yes. I know that everybody out there is not gonna have that same personal impact with a moment like that, but holy shit. Starting out with just Black Widow alone and then adding all of those wonderful female characters and just having this moment you where mean Scarlet Scarlet Witch? No, no, no. She no, meant no, no. Black I mean, Widow in the universe. Starting, oh, I see. Like, I see. Starting I see. there I see. and just the yeah. journey throughout the MCU of adding one and another yeah, yeah, and yeah. another and having that line of, like, what was it? It was something to the the effect of, like, she's not alone. We've got her right. back. Seeing them all come together and support each other, mm-hmm. I will never forget how I felt the very first time I saw that. And I will, re- I will repeat, watch it over and over and over and get all those good feels and all that good inspiration back. It, so I really appreciate it. It was a moment. huge moment. It was a big moment. And and it also led into more Pepper Potts being in that outfit. But I also yeah. think that Gwyneth Paltrow is another one who should get a lot of credit here for that scene when Tony dies. Oh, like she gently pushes Tom Holland over to the side. And she know, I mean, she's you can tell she is devastated. She's devastated. But she holds it together and she says, look at me. Just look at me. She's like, you can relax now. We're going to be OK. Rest. Yeah. And then he goes and then she breaks down. And I thought it was so real. And we've we've all in this room we've been dealing we've been dealing with a lot of loss over the last year. So that coupled with the fact that you know Big Man was with us while we were watching that movie, and I could feel it. And both times I watched it, I, I teared up tremendously because I could literally feel him tugging on me, saying, "Look at that! Look at that!" But then when that moment happened, I thought of that. I thought of my brother. I thought of Cal. I thought of all these things that were happening in our lives, yeah. and it was just the way that she handled that moment. The way that she handled the loss, but the peace of letting this love person, you did it. You did what you wanted to do. Go to sleep. We got this. Yeah. And he did. And then it led into the big scene at the, at the you know, the, the, at the cabin at the end. Yeah, of the, the funeral. The, where they, you person. saw the whole MCU yeah. in one there. one person that shouldn't have been there. The kid from Iron Man 3. Uh, Why yeah, is he there? Well, everyone was wondering who it was yeah. because he's older and no one yeah, recognized well, him. No, he was still key to no, Tony's to evolution. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. He didn't need to be there. And Sam Jackson. Put the Mandarin there. Sam right Jackson there. was in there for two seconds. Yeah. I know. Sam Jackson. <laughs> and Evangeline Lilly was there twice. Huh? Yeah, she oh, was yeah. with Nick Fury. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, the, 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 point, the point is the movie itself, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was good. It was handled well. Final thoughts is that this is – and I, I agreed with your tweet. Initially when I saw this movie, I thought I still had an Infinity War over. But as I saw it twice and I let it sit, I think that this surpasses and it's, it's pretty high up there on my list. Mm. Yeah, I think for me what it is, and a lot of my apprehension going into this movie was like, oh, well, they're going to undo stuff for Infinity War. They're going to – all the weight and emotion that we're going to have with all these characters is going to be gone because it would be useless. It would be like if Tony at the end, he dies, and then later he wakes up in a hospital bed, and he's like, oh, he's fine, guys. None of that happened. They knew, I think uh, smartly, they knew this – is going to maybe you're not going to have these characters in the future that you can utilize, but it's going to pay off because the audience is going to respect what they do from now on. Final thoughts, Riley, and we got to wrap. Uh, for this to be ten plus years, however many movies they, the Marvel, Kevin Feige, the writers, 
the Russo brothers have done something amazingly legendary, special, how they capped this off. Um, I've only seen it once. When I left, I was thinking Infinity War was still better, but this movie has stuck with me. I can't stop thinking about it because of the emotion with all the characters, all the arcs coming to a close, surprises, everything, the action, the choreography, the music. This is one of the best superhero movies I have ever seen. Perry? I'm fascinated by the idea of repeat viewings and how things change. And what I've come down to when it comes to Endgame is that I almost appreciated the fact that I walked out of that first screening and overwhelmed because we are talking about the culmination of a decade, decade's it's... worth of filmmaking, a 22-film arc. I'm glad that this kind of, it was like a punch to the gut. It knocked me out. It was so much good that I feel like I couldn't handle it. And the fact that I can watch it again and appreciate it even more and know to my core that I'm going to see it again and again and again and it's only going to increase in value to me. I think that's a really special kind of movie to have. Did uh, your grade go up or your, your score without, without You a had 8.5 on, on non-spoiler. What, what is it now? Now now I can't decide honestly between a 9 and a 9.5. Okay. I have a feeling confinantly I'll stick with the 9 and then who knows what's going <laughs> to happen watch it a few more after times. the weekend. My, I, mine, no went, doubt mine went up I as well too. I said initially it was like 4.3 I'd go 4.5 so about a 9 out of 10. Um Again, the last thing I want to say about it, too, is I thought the character arc was really good. The humor was blended nicely. Russo Brothers really ended out something really beautifully that Kevin Feige and the crew kind of started from the beginning. They were the right team to bring it to the, to bring it to the end zone. Um, my last thing is that I think that, that we don't want to forget about is that just the Cap- Captain America was also closed out very nicely. They so set up beautiful. all the stuff with Peggy Carter for such a long time. And even the fact that he got to see her in that moment when they went back to the lab, but he didn't say anything. And then he had the mission and what he was going to do. He knew his time was done, so he went, he lived that life Tony wanted him to have, and it ended out beautifully with him passing over the shield, henceforth setting up another Disney Plus series <laughs> yes. with uh, Winter Soldier I'll, and Falcon. Also, I'm glad they didn't have a post credit scene. It made sense not to have one. You'll have one for Spider-Man. The, yeah. Yeah. I think the Iron Man audio at the end was a very nice touch. What was, yeah. it, what was it again? I it was him building a suit in the cave. Oh, yeah. is that what it is? Okay. That to yeah. me is telling us that there will be a passing of the mantle yeah. from Iron Man as well. He'll probably be TV Jarvis. Day. He'll probably be Jarvis. I mean, we didn't even talk about it. Yeah. So we missed a lot. I know yeah. we did, but we also talked for a long time. But we wanted to please for you guys comment below and let us know exactly what you thought of the movie. Things that we hit, things that we didn't hit, things that you really like, things that you didn't like, go ahead and comment. Tell us in the in the comment section below. And if you haven't found us on uh, audio, then you should. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those, we are there. So thank you. If you're brand new to the channel, also please hit subscribe. Check out the many programs that we have here on Collider. And we thank you for Perry and Riley and Dennis. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.